0: Hi, welcome to Navigating the Pandemic, Past, Present, and Future, the show that explores the novel coronavirus and how it impacts our daily lives. I'm your host, Kat, a current undergraduate at Emory University studying anthropology and global health. Today's show focuses on COVID-19's impact on food insecurity in the developing world from the scope of global economics and trade. I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Vasily Eurohin, an associate professor in the School of Economics and Management at Harbin Engineering University in China, and also an adjunct professor at Key West University in Florida. His research interests include international trade, sustainable development, food security, blue economy, and polar studies. We'll focus on the interactions between the dynamics of COVID-19 cases, food trade, food inflation, and currency volatilities in regard to people's food security status from the position of his most recent publication, Impacts of COVID-19 on Trade and Economic Aspects of Food Security, Evidence from 45 Developing Countries. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Dr. Yorohan.
1: Hello. Hi, Ted.
0: To begin, I think it's important to bring to listeners' attention that the UN World Food Program has predicted the number of people confronted with food insecurity in the developing world is expected to double this year to 265 million people. The pandemic has caused economic disruption globally, and differential outcomes regarding food insecurity have manifested by country income level, according to your research. Will you provide an overview of what's being seen globally regarding the interaction between COVID-19 and food insecurity? And will you also follow with an introduction to your research design and findings?
1: Well, the COVID-19 outbreak has posed a threat to the stability of food supply chains globally. And we see how the pandemic has turned into not only a health threat, but also an economic threat. To food security in various forms, such as lockdowns, economic slowdown, food trade restrictions, rise in food inflation in all countries, and this global crisis has particularly struck the least developed countries and well in developing countries as well, where people has been particularly vulnerable to hunger and malnutrition even before the pandemic, and the economic slowdown caused by the pandemic is particularly exacerbating poverty and food insecurity in developing countries, owing mainly to increases in food insecurity in sub-Saharan Africa, in Latin America, in some countries of Asia. But irrespectively of any particular economy crisis or food crisis, developing countries with their limited financial resources and other capacities, they are less resilient to, to to such macroeconomic volatilities. And for instance, food price volatility is particularly de- detrimental to low income countries where either a disruption of the food supply chain or, or a contraction of economic access to staple foods, yeah. uh, they may raise food conflicts and even social conflicts. But, but developing countries are different and the effects of the pandemic on food supply, they, they are also different. And our idea was to investigate these differences. And among developing countries, the World Food Programme reports nineteen ninety-three countries that experience the prevalence of undernourishment. This is a parameter which is a percentage of people in the total population in which an individual's food consumption is insufficient to provide uh, the amount of dietary energy required to maintain a normal active life and status of nutrition. And what we did, we, among these 93 countries, we selected 45 economies where the prevalence of undernourishment was the highest and we separated those economies into three groups to reveal diverse effects on food security across a variety of macroeconomic environments and we used the world bank's classification which distinguishes low income countries uh, low middle lower middle income countries and the upper middle income economics. And to capture potential differences in both economic and geographical activities of of food security, we selected the countries from six regions of Africa, of Asia, Latin America, and and also the Middle East. And so you see, we we, we converged the parameters of location, income, and the status of food security. And we added the variables such as the number of COVID-19 cases, Uh, the balance of food trade, food inflation, and and currency depreciation. And then we tested three three assumptions. We all see how the pandemic has hurt the entire international community, ranging from the least developed countries, the poorest countries of Africa, to the wealthiest economies like the US or European Union. And we assume that the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases exerted at direct strong effect on the number of people with insufficient food consumption across the three groups of uh, developing countries without any regard to to the level of income. That was our assumption number one. But many previous studies, they have demonstrated that in low-income economies, food insecurity is caused by food shortages and other disruptions of food availability. In low income countries, the the proportion of disposable income spent on food is usually higher compared to developed countries. And this means a deterioration in the economic access to staple food harms the food security status of the households. And as the spread of the COVID 19 outbreak and the lockdown measures have triggered economic decline worldwide, we suggest that food insecurity in low income countries was significantly influenced by food availability, which is, in our study, is a balance of trade. And it is also influenced by by an economic access to food, which is a parameter of food inflation. And as regards upper-middle-income countries, we suggested that with the rise in income level, a proportion of imported food in consumption increased due to importing more expensive food products of higher quality, of higher nutrition value. And this means that the fluctuations in world prices and the fluctuations in import import volume, they could exert stronger effects on on the food security status of households in upper-middle-income countries compared to, to, to those of domestic supply. And in a situation when global food supply chains are disrupted, by currency exchange volatilities and uh, disrupted by trade restrictions amid the COVID-19 pandemic, we assumed that in upper-middle-income countries, food security status of people was particularly affected by food trade and by currency exchange. And that was our uh, assumption number three. And actually, this assumption was confirmed. We found that in upper-middle-income countries, the food security status of people was affected by food trade. It was affected by currency exchange rather than by food inflation. Amid market uncertainties induced by the the COVID-19 crisis, currency exchange becomes a factor of food availability because food imports become more expensive due to currency depreciation. Currency exchange also becomes a factor of access to food because when when expressed in national currency, the prices of imported foods on the domestic markets are are higher. What we found was the COVID-19 pandemic affected both the food security status of people and the stability of food supply chains in developing countries across the world. But Effects were more perceptible in upper-middle-income countries than in least developed in low-middle-income low economies, given the deeper integration of upper-middle-income countries in global supply chains in deeper integration in capital-intensive agricultural systems. And this finding actually well correlates with a World Food Programme, which expects the most substantial increase in in the number of poor people suffering acute hunger to happen across those developing economies that are more integrated in global food trade and those developing countries that are importers of food and agricultural products.
0: Thank you so much for the illuminating overview of how the pandemic is exacerbating food insecurity, as well as the thorough discussion of your research. To narrow down our scope, I want to delve into government-mandated trade restrictions. As you just mentioned, your research indicates that a lower proportion of food imports in trade amid the COVID-19 outbreak is associated with a reduction in the number of people with insufficient food consumption. So basically, in an effort to address food insecurity for their own populations, governments are establishing trade restrictions but your research counterintuitively demonstrates that less imported food actually decreases the proportion of citizens experiencing food insecurity in these developing countries. Will you go in depth as to why food inflation is more influential in determining food insecurity outcomes compared to other variables such as currency exchange or food imports?
1: You're right. Uh, We we actually found that in low-income economies, the influence of food inflation over access to food was stronger than that of food imports over food availability. And in low-income economies, the food security status of people is significantly influenced by the physical availability of food products in the market, but also by the economic access to those products. And a key reason of growing food insecurity in developing countries is that many people cannot afford the increasing cost of of healthy diet, while the nutritional status of vulnerable population groups, it has been deteriorated due to the economic impacts of of COVID-19. And our results indicate that rising food inflation negatively affected food access across low-income countries. As it is tightly linked with the increasing number of people with insufficient food consumption. And this correlates with the estimation made by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations that the cost of a healthy diet this year has exceeded the international poverty line, making it unaffordable for poor people. And due to food inflation, food insecurity increased in many developing countries, particularly in Africa and Asia, for example. And such a lower economic access to food forced many food-insecure households to disrupt their eating, to cut their meals, to stretch their food reserves, or even go hungry. And we revealed a strong influence of food inflation on the number of people with insufficient food consumption in Africa, in Ethiopia, for example, as well as some countries of South Asia and, and the Middle East. But inflation itself is often a product of changing demand patterns. And this year many of us even in the developed part of the world, right? We witnessed higher prices because of panic buying. People tried to establish reserves of, of food products, of water, some medicines, drugs to live through the lockdown. And across the developing world, the contribution of panic buying to food inflation was more significant in upper middle-income countries. Because in low-income economies, people, they have less money to to stock up food. They simply cut their consumption, particularly at the expense of higher-value products such as meat or fish or fruits or vegetables. Generally, in low-income countries, food supply is, for the most part, insured by local food, by local staple foods, whereas extensive import is prohibitively expensive. And amid the the COVID-19 outbreak, some countries have decreased food purchases from abroad. As more households switched to locally produced staple foods, their food security status actually improved. However because of the lockdowns, a closure of open air markets and a ban on street vendors, which are major providers of food in many least developed countries. Such a closure may disrupt food access, even in a situation when consumption is reoriented on local products. And prior to the current health crisis, many food insecure households have responded to food shortages with Food coping strategies, such as seeking resources from the charitable food sector, for example, or relying on various social networks or foreign aid for support. But amid the COVID 19 lockdowns, many nutrition assistance. Programs from food aid programs, they have been frozen. Therefore, we revealed that in low-income countries, food availability seems to be strongly related to the food security status of households through local supply, not import. And for import-dependent economies, both global food chain disruptions and protectionist trade policies on the part of key suppliers of food they could have serious negative consequences for food security, and the link between food trade balance and food availability becomes tighter would increase in the level of income the strongest effect of food trade on food security for import-dependent upper-middle-income countries, for example, Lebanon in, in the Middle East, for Botswana in, in Africa, for Colombia in, in Latin America. And in, in the most low-income countries, we, we see how a lower proportion of food imports in trade is associated with an improvement of food security as people switch to local products. But in this situation, Food inflation becomes an important factor of economic access to to food.
0: As we move forward, I also want to discuss government-issued lockdowns and food export restrictions. Your findings indicate that in higher-income developing economies, availability-cited food security risks like food trade restrictions and currency depreciation, as you just addressed, were more prevalent. So these countries are more deeply integrated in global supply chains Thus, citizens aren't depending as heavily on locally produced food staples or open-air markets. Will you discuss the potential and apparent implications of government-issued lockdowns and food export restrictions on provoking food shortages as the pandemic continues?
1: Right. Uh, yes, one of our findings is that in higher income developing countries, food security is more significantly influenced by food trade and currency exchange which both are availability-sided factors. But well before the pandemic, global food trade has been increasingly distorted by various protectionist measures, by various restrictions. Commonly, governments seek to make their countries self-sufficient. That's natural self-sufficient in food by protecting domestic farmers. And in in many developing countries, export bans have been introduced to curb food inflation and establish reserves of staple foods. For example, when the pandemic started, several countries such as Ukraine, Thailand, Egypt, they notified export restrictions on various food and agricultural products, and they specifically attributed those measures to COVID-19. Russia, which is the world's largest wheat exporter, and Vietnam, the third largest rice exporter, they introduced temporary export restrictive measures as well. The pandemic has aggravated US-China trade tensions, in which tariffs on food trade have been intensively used as one of the tools of economic pressure. And most countries have implemented higher customs controls on cargo vessels with particular risk to, to perishable foods. And they have been Policy measures aimed at avoiding the spread of COVID-19 that might slow down food production, that might increase market prices globally. For instance, there have been introduced more stringent health standards in food factories, restrictions to movement of seasonal agricultural workers, shortages of fertilizers, shortages of veterinary medicines, and many other agricultural inputs. In total, at least two-thirds of countries have put in place a variety of protectionist measures that currently affect about about 5% of food trade globally. 5% is not a big figure, but as governments across the world impose such food export restrictions, such measures could create extreme volatilities in the market, provoking food shortages and resulting in food crisis. The actions aimed to avert national shortages in some countries contributed to breaking the logistics chains for for staple foods in many national markets. Developing countries are vulnerable to such distortions because many of them, they critically depend on agricultural imports. Due to a limited capacity to produce crops domestically, developing economies, again, they are more vulnerable to supply shortage. Mm-hmm. In many <laughs> developing countries earlier this year, food prices increased because of local logistical problems. There is also a dependence of developing countries on a small range of food products exported to a few markets many of which have been affected by by the pandemic. Even developed countries could feel the effects of such protectionist measures, especially when export restrictions are imposed by the world's leading suppliers, like Russia, for example, or or Vietnam, or, or Ukraine, or Thailand, or some other countries of Asia. In the short term, an export ban could be successful, It could be a successful decision to ensure the food security of a nation by both establishing a reserve of staple food and isolating domestic market from the global price volatility. But but in the long run, trade protectionism triggers food inflation. It aggravates food insecurity problem because it just disrupts global supply chains. It distorts natural competitive environment in the market.
0: Well, to continue along this forward-thinking vein of what the market could look like, your research was published in July of 2020, and this interview is currently taking place as of December 2020. Global agricultural markets right now remain relatively stable, so export restrictions seem to be unwarranted and could negatively impact food security in importing countries. COVID-19 is a health crisis But as you've discussed, it's projected to become a food crisis. How might new data or variables such as global politics, climate and harvest periods, or continued interruptions in the movement of people and goods influence policymakers in addressing the impacts of COVID-19 and food security in developing countries as we move forward?
1: Yes, that's true. That as of today, global agricultural markets, they, they remain relatively stable.
0: But according to the
1: Food and Agriculture Organization, over 820 million people in the world suffer from hunger. 820 million. About 2 billion people experience moderate or severe food insecurity. 2 billion people. And it is estimated that the pandemic may add about 130 million people to the number of undernourished this year. The global extreme poverty rates... They are projected to be as high as 8.2, 8.8. So there are various estimations. But still, it is significantly higher compared to previous years. And the World Food Program has recently warned that the world would move from COVID-19 pandemic this year to probably hunger pandemic next year. We are eagerly awaiting the vaccines. We see how COVID-19 is surging again. Economies are continuing to deteriorate, particularly in in low-income and middle-income countries, and there is another wave of lockdowns around the globe. According to the the World Food Programme, 20 countries in Africa and Middle East and Latin America and Asia are likely to face potential spikes in high acute food insecurity because of economic decline, and further expected deterioration of economic situation in, in coming months. So the economy situation becomes, becomes a trigger. And definitely our study is, is the very first attempt to assess the preliminary effects of the pandemic on the food security status of people across the developing world. Our estimations are rather rough because the study is built on, on a short array of data covering only first half of this year, six months. Mm -hmm. But new and new data from the World Food Program, from Food and Agriculture Organization, from World Health Organization, other international bodies, is becoming available on the number of new COVID-19 cases, dynamics of food trade balances, food inflation rates, and other parameters of of food market, which actually allows the scholars to establish more precise assessments of the pandemic's impacts on, on food security. And such adjusted models, based on these new uh, New data as well as some alternative variables could potentially equip policymakers with reliable estimations that may help to design effective policies to mitigate the impacts of the pandemic on food security in developing countries and in other parts of the world.
0: Thank you so much for shedding light on the gravity of the situation, particularly in addressing how multifaceted the problem of food insecurity is as a global health, economic, and political issue. I really appreciate your time and expertise.
1: It was my pleasure to share this part of my research with you and with the followers of your podcast.
0: Least developed and developing economies are particularly vulnerable to food insecurity and the ongoing health crisis is further exacerbating hunger and malnutrition globally. Dr. Yurohan's work is especially important in that it lays a framework that can provide global policymakers with estimations regarding the gravity of COVID-19's effect on food access and food-insecure communities. For listeners who are interested in further exploring Dr. Yurohan's publication, the link will be included in the show description. Additionally, see the description to access information from the UN World Food Program to learn more about food insecurity as it relates to the pandemic globally. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, stay safe, stay sane, and stay well. Until next time, Kat.